every runner has some sort of a backstory. I'm going to be your host, Amanda Loudon. We're going to talk to different guests in the coming weeks and months uh, that you're going to find interesting, entertaining, uh, and you'll probably even learn a little bit from it. Welcome back to another edition of Running Story. This week, we've got British elite Tina Muir with us. Tina is a Saucony-sponsored elite who uh, has been over here in the States since 2007. I'm happy that she's here in the States because I consider her a friend and uh, love to follow her along on her running escapades. Um, Tina's PRs are pretty darn impressive. She's got a 1608 5K, a 33-24 10K, and a 241 marathon. Uh, she has competed in the Olympic trials even for uh, Great Britain and uh, placed third in the 10K for the Brits. Um, so I think you'll agree that she's got a pretty impressive resume. Um, one of the things that I love about Tina is how real she is and she shares all of her ups and downs and uh, daily um, trials and tribulations, if you will, and successes with all of us on her blog, uh, Fuel Your Future with Tina. So without further ado, let's meet Tina and hear what she has to share with us. Well, I wanted to say welcome to Tina. I am very excited to have you here today. I'm really excited to be here. This is kind of cool. <laughs> this is very cool um, because, you know, I'm just as everyone um, learned in the intro, you are also the host of a podcast over at Runners Connect. So this is kind of turning the tables on you for a day, which I think is kind of fun. Yeah, it's nice. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so as, as you know, what we do every week on the show is um, kind of give some background on a runner. Um, we always like to hear how people came to the sport in the first place and, and you know, kind of bring people up to speed on what you're journey has been thus far, um, and then we'll get into some more specifics beyond that. So I want to go back to your early days, although you're so young, you're st all your days are still early in my <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know about that, but yeah. well, yeah, I guess, I guess it, it really is all relative, isn't it? But um, firstly, I just want to say like how awesome you're doing with this, like this is such a unique, cool idea, and I'm sure everyone listening kind of realizes this, but um, I've only recently realized how fascinating it is to learn other people's stories. Yeah. Like, when you share yours, you go, like, why do people care about my story? You know, what does it matter? Like, you know, you think no one wants to listen, but listening to other people is so interesting, listening to how they developed and how they changed, and you'll hear some amazing things. So I can't wait to keep following this and see the kind of, I can only imagine some of the stories you're going to get coming out. So this is really cool. Yeah, great, but great. to answer your question... Um, so yeah, as people can probably tell, I am British, or English as I like to say, um, but I do live in the US. Um, I started running around age 14. I In England it's actually very different. I could go off on a tangent for this a long time. Um, and a lot of the reason I am in the US is because of my running, but um, I started at age 14, but we don't have, um, you don't have like your high school isn't or your, even your middle school doesn't treat uh, running the same like I think I was the only person on the cross-country team I didn't really have a coach it was literally a PE teacher who drove a van to the course once a week that was it wow. I had my um 
cross country lesson once a week and that was it so I ended up joining a running club which is how everything is done in England and it's in some ways it's kind of cool because uh once you get to age 21 I think everyone runs together so for there's not that drop off at the end of college which is kind of cool but yeah so I joined a club and I was running with women of all ages you know it was it was kind of everyone works out together it was fun and I kind of realized I had somewhat of a ability and I mostly realized that I was kind of tough so that was what I always prided myself in and um, my coach Brad Plummer was great he was he took me to where I wanted to go but at the same time he was very careful because he didn't want me to become one of those like phenoms who just is like incredibly successful as a teenager and then has either fractures the rest of their life or gives up because they're burned out so he made sure to hold back and then so I eventually got to I finished 16th in England which was kind of cool for me like to know how far I've come because the first time I raced an English championship I finished 222nd I remember that day very well and uh, so to see how far I came in a few years was really cool and then that was enough to get me a scholarship to America Um, I lived in Big Rapids Michigan for five years going to school and improved so much Um, my first year didn't do very well at all but after that I kind of took off and uh uh, and then, you know, I graduated from college and since then I've been um, uh, continuing with my professional career and uh, I, I guess I'm now a marathoner, even though I, uh, right now I'm not working on marathon training right at this moment. Right, right. Well, so a couple things I want to touch on from um, what you talked about. Um, one is coming to the States um, to run. Why? why? Why was that, you know, advantageous as opposed to staying in England? Um, well, everything about running is very different there. Um, they tend to, it's, it's hard for me because it's something that's very sensitive to me because they're very, um, they pick about 35 athletes across track and field who they fund and they give a lot of money to those people um, to support their training. But everyone else is kind of, you're on your own. Okay. So if I, like, and it's the same thing for scholarships at school. Um, you know, I ran, coming out of uh, high school, I don't really know how much people listening know about a 3K, but I'd run a 10, 23K, which I guess equivalent-wise would be about an 18-minute 5K, maybe 17, 35K, which is pretty good for a high schooler. And uh, But I wouldn't have got a penny from any school in England because they just, they're very, there's very, very few opportunities because everyone, everything is done through a running club. So for me, it meant, A, I could get my college paid for, which is huge. And um, B, I actually, I just love America. I love, it's cheesy as heck, but (laughs) I I love, it is the land of opportunity. And I love the team atmosphere. And you all have like, you know, the matching clothes and you go all over the world. And I would never have had that opportunity in England. I I, I, I did go to Brussels once. I, I went to, you know, Scotland and Ireland, but that was paying for it myself. Um, but I just, I just seemed like the land of opportunity and, uh, and I've always loved America. So it just kind of had me calling and, um, you know, the biggest pull was obviously coming out of college debt free. So. Sure. Absolutely. Um, well, it's, it's, it's so interesting to me because I mean, as an American, I don't feel like, well, maybe as an American runner, I don't feel like, um, you know, running is well funded at, at the university level here even. So it's interesting that, you know, there are places where it's it's you know not as supported even as what we have here. So maybe I should take a different um, <laughs> viewpoint on what we do have going on here. Um, 
And, and you mentioned early about your early on days and having a coach who was very careful with you and kind of groomed you. And um, I think that's so important because I think, um, you know, knowing some kids at, at the high school age right now and seeing sometimes them getting injured repeatedly and burning out and all of that. I mean, how instrumental do you think that was in getting you to where you are today? Oh, been- that was huge. My, uh, I mean, I always thank the my coach Brad uh, so much. He's still a mentor to me now. I talk to him often and keep in touch with him because I realise now how, you know, how he, big of a person, how good of a person you would have to be to do that. You know how you must be fighting an urge to push that person so you get all the glory yourself because you know you've got a good kid here or any you know he does it with all of his runners. Um, you get a good person and it must be hard not to, you know, push that. And you see that a lot in, in high school and especially in middle school kids. I mean, actually, my husband is doing um, some research right now on um, the state of Kentucky actually allows high schoolers to compete in the state championships. And he's looking to see how that affects them later in life, uh, later in their running career, like whether they burn out or get injured or what. And he's finding some interesting things. So sure. that's kind of, you know re-emphasizing re, um, to me of how, it, how important that was and it allowed me to continue to, to develop at a steady state rather than getting, you know, almost um, greedy with it and then, you know, you keep wanting more and more and more and your body is still growing and it really makes me sad when I see teenagers being pushed too hard, especially when you can tell it's not their decision and uh, I'm just so thankful that I had Brad to kind of hold me back and he he did he didn't do it in a way of making me feel like I was missing out but he just um made me just feel like I was doing everything I can but now looking back I can see he was just being very smart with it so that I have a long career rather than a a short but impressive one excellent excellent um and since you know when you came over here first you know you, you I guess you had the network of of your college coach and um that whole group. And, you know, once you finished up school, though, you know, how did you make your decisions on where to go and and how to handle your running from there? I mean, did you have someone kind of guiding you or did you have to learn the ropes yourself? How'd that all work out? Um, It was a really difficult time for me at first because uh, I really struggled with when I was coming that senior year of uh, school, all the girls that I was competing against were getting all these offers to be professional runners and, you know, give it a go of living as a runner. And, you know, um, there's all these professional groups um, and they would they were getting these offers. And, you know, uh, I or my coach had reached out to a few people and said, you know, would you be interested, Tina's run, you know, 16, 10, uh, 33, I think it was 47 at the time or whatever, in the 10K. And, um, you know, they were like, oh, you know, we'd love to have you, but sorry, you're not American. So that was a really difficult time for me because it was almost as if I felt like I wasn't wanted, like I was just kind of not used, but like I, I just, it was like, all right, thanks for thanks for everything, now get out. Yeah. So <laughs> that was hard for me because um, I really just, I could see what everyone else was getting and I wasn't getting that. But thankfully, um, Sockney were willing to give me a chance, and they were amazing. They, uh, they still, they're still my sponsor now, and they, you know, they're they're supportive, and I appreciate how much that is, uh, how much they give me, and how much they support me. And and I don't have anything against those running groups. I completely understand. It's not fair 
to give um, international athletes because soon there would be no Americans. It would be all international. So I completely understand what they're saying, but it was hard. Um, I did have uh, my my coach. <laughs> funny story. My uh, coach is uh, actually my husband. <laughs> so um, he he um, was guiding me as well. He knew me very well, and he was able to um, tell me what he thought. And he, you know, knew what was best for me. So we would make suggestions. But the two years after college, I kind of focused on career. I went to do my um, <clears throat> uh, MBA from La Salle University and worked on coaching. So running was still in uh, the front of my mind, but not at the very front anymore. So I kind of took a um, a focus away from running just to make it kind of like a, an added bonus um, and it still kind of is that to an extent I just am making more choices to make sure that I do the little things I need to. Okay okay well and speaking of that um, you know you have definitely you know I think everyone has this um, picture of elites as <clears throat> doing nothing but running and sleeping and fueling their bodies and the truth of the matter is there aren't a lot of elites who have that luxury um, so can you talk a little bit to your lifestyle? I mean, you, you juggle a lot of balls, I think, you know, you're, you're really, you've got, you've got your blog, you've got runners connect, you know, you're doing a lot of things. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you manage and keep all those balls in the air and, and keep your running on track. Uh, well, sometimes I'm not sure how I do manage all those balls in the air. And I think sometimes my husband is about to kill me because, uh, <laughs> I, I I can't handle them all and, and I, you know you know this from knowing me through my blog and just being friends that and anyone listening that I don't sugarcoat things like if I have a meltdown on a run I'm gonna tell you and yeah. and there's been quite a few of those you know there's been uh, actually about a few days ago I, I couldn't sleep and that's obviously that's one of my side effects is I really have trouble sleeping I'm I have insomnia my mind is constantly like buzzing yeah. And, uh, you know, I got up in the night, what is wrong with me and why can't I sleep and something's wrong. And, you know, I was yelling at, I don't know who I was yelling at, but yelling at someone, <laughs> and, um, you know, myself, I guess. So I, sometimes I don't handle it that well. But, yes, um, very few elites do uh, have that lifestyle, although sometimes I wouldn't say it's necessarily that they want it because it's, it can be such a dangerous situation. And I don't think I would want that 100% even if I could have it because you end up getting obsessed with it because you, um, you make it your identity, you feel like you've got nothing to offer, especially those people who you know, aren't doing anything on the side. Well, if something goes wrong, you have nothing. So you start to put all your energy into it and that's where people become obsessed with it. And I had that to an extent in college, so I saw it coming, so I didn't want to go that route. So I think the blog was the blog was never really planned, but I just kept finding, you know, people reaching out saying thank you and you know, you you show me that elites are real people and that's become one of my quests in life is to show that everyone struggles and we're all kind of going through the same thing and you know, I still uh, go through a race and think hmm, what can I, like, when I'm hurting, you know, what can I say is wrong with me so I can stop? Like, I still have that thought, even though I'm, like, up there at the front and people think life is great, but it's not. Like, I'm still struggling and I still have to, you know, convince myself to do things. Um, so I I think, um, you know, I, I try and just keep that real and let that be my, almost my diary. Like, I just kind of vent of what I'm thinking and usually it helps people. And I've never been someone who's, embarrassed to talk about things I'm very honest 
And uh, and then as for Runners Connect, um, Jeff Godet, my boss, is a, a great guy. I mean, I know you know him yeah. um, through Runners Connect as well. He he's very supportive and he puts my running first which is wonderful like when I did the London Marathon earlier this year the week of the race he was like just take it off just focus on your race and just well not even focus on your race just relax and uh, keep your mind clear and so he makes it nice and easy and I, I think a big part of it is that I enjoy every aspect I try and only do things that I enjoy um, doing and make that the priority yeah yeah you have such a great head on your shoulder at such a young age. Um, you know, I really always appreciate your maturity level um, already, and I, I think that's you know um, something you don't see a ton of. <laughs> well, that's that's from an old woman's point of view. But um, if you yeah. saw my tantrum a few days ago when I couldn't sleep, <laughs> you wouldn't think that. Right. <laughs> well, from what I see, I think you're doing pretty well. And and like you said, you know, when it comes to the blog, you're so open and honest, and I think that is so appreciated. I think that is something that's very appealing to your audience members. I mean, they'd like to see that you'll eat cupcakes and you know that you keep a good, healthy balance and good, healthy approach to it all. I mean, what, uh, where do you think that you developed um, the ability to do that at, at, again, at a young age? <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I mean, I still, with like the eating especially, I still struggle with it a lot. Like, you know, a lot of the time, I've talked about this a lot recently, I'll get up and I'll look in the mirror and I, my eyes dart straight to my stomach, my lower stomach, because that's where I'm, conscious of and I know those cupcakes those cookies those extra sweets or whatever it is that I should be cutting out but I don't I know that's where they're sitting because I can never get a six-pack I can never get any of that but I I try to like train myself to look at that and say you know what that's my fun that's people know know now that I do eat those foods I'm not one of those people that says oh, look at, like, takes a picture of a slice of cake and says, oh, this cake, I can't wait to eat it and then have a bite and throw it away. They know I'm eating it because they can see that I'm not, you know, I don't have this absolutely ripped body. So I, I think that kind of fuels itself because people can see that I actually am doing what I'm saying. Um, but as for the honesty thing, I, I I don't know. I've kind of always been like that. My grandma was um, born in Germany. She like left Germany during the war. So a very, very tough lady um, to go to England during the war. Yeah. Um, and she's always been very honest. You know, when I put on weight when I was 18, she told me I was chubby and things like that. So she's. I think she was a big part of that. But then I, also, I just, I don't know. I mean, people always tell me I share too much, like my family and friends. But I've I don't know, I've just never really had, I just don't really see the point in being embarrassed by sharing things and, you know, I, I don't mind sharing my photos of me looking horrible in a race to show people, help people feel better about themselves. I like, I really, really enjoy helping people feel good about themselves. Well, so if I have to embarrass myself to do it, I'll do it. Right, right, <laughs> which is fantastic and I think that's, I definitely think it's what you accomplished through your blog because, um, I, you know, I, I, you know, I, I mean, in the world of social media, I mean, there's there a lot of people who I think struggle all the time with some of these different issues and to see an elite putting it out there and being honest, it maybe lets them say, okay, this is all, this is okay. You know, Tina does it. She's successful. I can do it mm -hmm. too. And, and, you know, I, I think it's, it's definitely a good thing. 
Um, so we talked about cupcakes a little bit. Let's talk about cooking because that's definitely one of your passions. Um, when did you develop a love of cooking and um, recipe creation? Because you come up with some great stuff. I just made one of them last night. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm always happy when I see you make that, that uh, the enchilada bake. Um, well, so the funniest thing is my mom, when I was a kid, I didn't really cook much. Um, I don't know if she'll end up listening to this or not, so I'm sorry, mom, but... She, she didn't like me and my sister cooking. Um, my mom likes keeping things very clean. And as I'm sure you know, children do not cook yeah. clean. Yeah. So I, um, you know, she was always like, oh, I don't know. Like we'd say, oh, can we make this? And she'd say, oh, let's just go get some. Because she didn't want to make it, you know, make a mess. And, yeah. and you know, uh, she said that she was all excited about cooking when she was younger. And then when we were born, she got fed up of it. And so she thought I was the same. So it was when I um, moved... Uh, out of the dorms and into my own apartment that I really started learning to cook and it's funny you see the progression of people um, I remember when I moved out I had no idea how to cook anything but um, I remember about a year later I had some of the freshman girls come over to my place and they tried to cook and I watched them like preparing things and I was like oh you're doing it all wrong <laughs> so it's crazy that like that was obviously what I was a year before so it's just kind of experimenting and trying things and and yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but my blog actually originally started, uh, it was called Insatiable Sweet Tooth, because oh, no, all, no. I, all I put on there was like my, my sweets, and you know, I would bake things like a brownie with like a Milky Way in the middle, and like frosting with sprinkles on top, like <laughs> the most insane, like probably 1200 calories a bite kind of food on there, and so... <laughs> It started out as just experimenting with sweets, but then I kind of realized that that wasn't really correlating very well. I couldn't say, oh, I run fast, but I eat this. So um, I started, I, I, I slowly, gradually um, found a, like a passion for healthy eating. And I, I, as I changed things, I started to notice a difference. And I noticed that I actually did enjoy eating fruits and vegetables, not just, you know, it started with obviously the good, you know, the typically known good tasting ones like strawberries and like you know butternut squash and things but then I slowly realized that I actually like enjoy it and so I just start experimenting and that's honestly what I do most of the time is just I tend to um, do our grocery shopping most people do it where they um, will look at a recipe and say okay I, I want to buy this, 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 and this. And they'll go to the store and they'll buy that. And then they have all these leftover things. And they're like, all right, well, what do I do with this? But they end up throwing it away. Whereas what I will do is I'll just go to the store, buy what's on sale or buy what we feel like. You know, I'll ask Steve, what do you want? And if he says asparagus, then I'll get some asparagus and other things. And I'll come home and I'll say, all right, what can I put with this? Like if I ended up with, you know, a pepper and some cilantro then I'd say okay well that's kind of Mexican style so I'll go for that or so I just kind of I honestly a lot of the time it's just throwing things in a bowl and seeing how they turn out and so that's what a lot of it is or I try and think of a combination I've had before that I really liked like uh I know that brie goes really well with raspberries mm. so you know I'll say okay well what can I make that into and then just try and spin on it so I yeah. but honestly the biggest thing I like doing is just throwing things together and see what happens. <laughs> Fun. That's good. I um I wish I was better at doing that. I'm still <laughs> such a recipe follower. Right? I used to be like that as well, and yeah. it's hard to get out of it. <laughs> it really is. It really is. So, um, 
Now let's talk a little bit about um, about your running in um, present day running. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know um, you've kind of you've focused on several distances over the years, um, and you know I want to touch on the marathon because I don't know everyone seems to love the marathon in the states these days <laughs> or everywhere. It's just an obsession with people. But um, you know, you're also you're very talented at the shorter distances. So um, I know you're you're. You know, 10K is where you place third. Is that correct for yeah. England in the trials? Um, and that's so amazing. And so, is that um, something you want to go for again um, next go around, or or what are your plans with that? Um, well, once again, the the Great Britain trials uh, procedure is very different. Um, that's a very sensitive point for me because I um, that's always been my number one goal in my life is to represent Great Britain. Actually, I suppose it put, actually, number one is to uh, marry the man of my dreams and have happy children. That's number one. But, and I, I do have a bucket list as well, so I'm not making this up. And uh, But number two is to run for Great Britain. Um, so I'd love to get that opportunity, but it's, they don't have a trials as such. I did do the trials, but they didn't take anyone from that day. That day I finished there, they didn't take anyone. Uh, any of the people in that race, um, and they they tend like even the marathon, um, they don't have an official trial or anything like that. So it's a bit more complicated. You kind of have to put your face out there. You have to run. Their standards are very high. For example, the marathon uh, qualifying time to represent Great Britain is two thirty one in wow. the marathon. Wow, that is <laughs> so. To even be considered, you have to run two thirty one, which yeah. I don't understand but so it's their choice and you know if I if that's what I have to do then that's what I'll do someday but uh so I would like to go for it not the 10k uh I definitely burned myself out on the track uh 25 laps around the track is not fun especially a 10k when it hurts really bad um so it won't be the 10k uh but I, I I mean I still will uh, keep trying those races, and right now I'm doing a speed segment. Um, my well, you know, relative terms, speed segment, doing five k's, ten k's, yeah. uh, and the ten mile army race, which uh, I don't know when this is going to go out, but hoping we are seeing one another sometime around then. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I just try to keep it varied, and uh, Steve knows me very well. He knows what I need, and uh, you know, we got. That's why we ended up doing the speed now, is because. Like you said, everyone's kind of obsessed with the marathon, and I, I was, am, too. But uh, we realized that I had become, I have quotes out here, too slow. Um, that's my, you know, relative terms, obviously. Uh, and I needed to get my speed back, so that's yeah. what we've been doing. And, uh, you know, I'd say I'm pretty close to where I was my last year of college, so that's uh, the importance of kind of... Um, trying out different things and not just, you know, if you can't get your marathon to go down and you're stuck in it, then that doesn't mean you keep doing it over and over again. Maybe you try something, go down a bit, go up a bit, you know, go to ultra and then come back down, just vary things up as much as you can. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, I know, um, so let's talk about the marathon a little bit. Um, You had, um, I, I know at least one that you weren't really happy with that that was Chicago correct last year was it uh no I've only actually had one good one which was London but yeah Chicago and Philadelphia was Philadelphia was a bomb that was we all wish we had bombs like you but go ahead (laughs) that's what you were gonna ask no no so I was gonna say 
so you, you had those, and then everything really came together beautifully for you in London, um, which I think is fantastic because you're on your home turf, you've got your family yeah. there, you know, so let's talk a little bit about that race and what made that such a great day for you, what all went into that formula. Mm -hmm. Well, firstly, I do remember you saying to me uh, a few weeks before, saying, like, I really think this is, you know, your mind is in a good place. I think this is going to pay off. And I remember thinking, she's pretty good at, you know, getting these situations right. I hope that's right. Like, I remember you saying that to me. So that was really I'll cool. I'll help you next time then, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so London, I think, honestly, a lot of it was, I did have, I, I've done three marathons, and the first two went so bad. Philadelphia was just... A big mess. I I had the most amazing training build up. I was you know running six twelve per mile for twenty miles in my training and things like that. Yeah. Um, but I just something was wrong and uh, we still haven't pinpointed what happened. But it was a yeah. it was a disaster. Like I, my last mile was nine minute eight fifty seven and I couldn't have run an eight fifty six. I was. I was I barely knew my name. I, I like got taken off on a medical stretcher and tried to give IVs and things like that. So it was a bad place. And then Chicago, I just uh, I had a lot of life changes during that time and moving around and wasn't a great sh cycle. So I just didn't go into it a very good mindset. And I remember even like three miles in thinking I don't want to do this. Uh, so that was just a bad day. So I think a lot of after those two, it made me think. All right, Tina, like why are you running right now? You're running because you enjoy it. So let's just get back to enjoying it. So our whole thought during that time was um, enjoy the journey. And I just focused on, you know, I want to come out of this happy. I want to enjoy this. I want to think that was good. And so we did that the whole cycle. We didn't put any pressure on things. We didn't, you know, put times down on things. And that was hard for me to get away from. Like, I know a lot of runners struggle with this. It's not looking at your Garmin. Or like if you're doing, you know, we'd trick myself into things. Like we'd use minutes instead of miles. And we'd, uh, I know you're a big fan of heart rate. And I don't really use heart rate. But we would just do things so I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't control the um, the paces so much. Yeah. Like we'd pick, you know, if I was doing a fart leg, it would be three minutes, two minutes, one minute. Rather than, you know, an 800 or 400 or 200 or whatever it would be. So we got away from that. And I just... I got to the point where I knew if I didn't have a good marathon, I probably wouldn't ever want to go back to it. So mm -hmm. I decided as this was London, as this was the race I dreamed about since I was a kid. Like I remember Paula running past me um, during her world, re world record marathon, and I remember thinking, I want to do that someday. So this just personally meant a lot to me. And all I wanted to do was enjoy it. And yeah. I know you like seeing the photos, and I love looking at them where – I'm just smiling the whole way around because yeah. I, it, I, I moved away from this pressure and just kind of focused on having fun and the result took care of itself, as absolutely. cheesy as that is. No, no, I, I absolutely love that. And I mean, I think it took me a long time to come around to that point with my running. And so I certainly appreciate that. And I think, um, you know, yeah, there's a lot to be said for that kind of a, an approach. And, and, you know, it, it does. I think your legs follow your, where your heart is with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and let's talk a little bit about Steve, your husband, being your coach. 
Um, you know, how does that work out for you guys? I mean, it seems like it's a beautiful relationship and that it works perfectly. I mean, but I think, you know, anyone who's married can appreciate that it might be difficult at times to work with your spouse. So um, <laughs> tell us how you make that work. Yeah, I get that question quite a lot, actually. People are like, how long do you guys do it? Like, yeah. And, you know, we, it, it does work well for the most part. We are very good. But honestly, the, I know this is going to sound like I'm just saying this, but it is mostly down to him he is so grounded so calm so relaxed and he he's also a coach at Moorhead State um in Kentucky as well and a cross-country coach and he he his athletes just uh, they worship the ground he walks on and it, I I am the same because he is so easy to like he's so respected and he just he's so calm that it it just helps me and don't get me wrong like a lot of the time we we do end up having arguments but most of the time it's just me being frustrated and taking my anger out on him sure. um like for example the sleep the other day I couldn't sleep so I was yelling but you know it wasn't his fault I couldn't sleep and I was obviously waking him up by yelling about not being able to sleep so you know a lot of the time he has to deal with I don't know how he deals with it. I I would walk out on myself with, you know, you know, I'll be on the treadmill in the winter and I'll yell at him because I can't hit my paces. But it's not his fault I can't hit my paces. Right. right. So um, he does. He, I think the fact that he's so calm and we're so, um, it kind of works well together. I'm the go. Let's go. Let's go do this and then go do that and then rushing around and I get things done. But he's more uh, kind of keeping me controlled, but he's very organized at the same time. So he's, uh, you know, holding me, not letting my feet get too far off the ground. And uh, I think I think that's the biggest part of it. And he is very, very organized, which is which is very good. He really thinks things through and plans a whole, um, you know, season ahead of time and obviously makes changes. But the fact that he he plans it like way ahead of time means that I know what's coming and I can prepare for it um, and know, you know, where I'm at at any, any one time. Yeah. Excellent. That's great. Um, So let's move on and talk a little bit about your current goals and, and what you're, you know, like, I don't know, let's look at a snapshot of the coming year. Um, What are you, what are you hoping to achieve with that? Well, honestly, I don't actually know because we've taken this uh, not looking at results thing even further, and he won't let me. He won't let me pick a time. So I'm doing a half marathon at the end of uh, October, and I keep saying, "So, uh, you think uh, that five k showed me that I could uh, run this?" And he's like, "No, that doesn't mean anything." And I'll say, "So, you know, based on that that workout I did the other day, surely I can?" And he's like, "No." We're not doing this. You're just gonna. Run. <laughs> so he keeps. He won't let me. But I would. I would love. I would love to run under one thirteen and a half at, in Philly next month. Wow. Um, and and then, if he is satisfied with my speed uh, in the next few weeks, which I think he should be, because um, the the speed I ran a five k which is a big mess. I know you know right, about that. But right. if people want to read about it, go to my blog. I'm not going to explain it now. Okay. I got lost in a race. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that kind of showed that the speed is back there. So okay. as long as he's satisfied with that, I'll go back to the marathon. I'm looking for a spring marathon. Um, I personally think I'm ready for a breakthrough. Uh, so, you know, I feel I could run anywhere from 2.35 to 2.40. Nice. But I'm not... Steve's someone who's very... Um, 
he keeps things real. Uh, there's a lot of coaches out there who like to tell you, you know, your best case scenario, if the weather's perfect, everything's perfect. But Steve is the opposite of that. Like, if he's going to be home, if he's home at three o'clock, he's telling me he's going to be home at five o'clock. So we, he's always keeping me back. So I'd love to run somewhere in that range, but I don't know. You know, dream would be to make the Olympic team, but realistically, uh, I think that might be a bit too soon to do that. So I'd love to uh, make a team in one of the other championships or maybe the European championships or something like that. Okay, great, nice. And since you've married an American, um, where where are you with, with um, thinking on long-term <laughs> citizenship? I mean, are you gonna are you gonna always try to stay racing for England? I mean, is that where your heart is, or what what is your thought process on that? Oh, I don't know. We've been talking about this a lot recently, and I I think I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna. I'm officially announcing this. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna slowly make my way to being an American. Okay. Um, I'm not sure how. I'm kind of officially sticking my knife in the back of England or right. Great Britain's back. But um, I feel like America's offered me so much, and I'd love. I just love the idea of the trials. So I'd love to yeah. be able to have a fair opportunity to give it a go, and uh, really know that I could give it my all. But you know, I. If Great Britain came before, if I could do that somehow before then, I would take that opportunity in a heartbeat. And I don't know if it ever mean the same thing to, to represent USA as it would to Great Britain, just because that's always been my goal. But uh, if it means I can do it, then I think I would take it. And, you know, America's offered me a lot, so. Yeah, that's nice, dear. I mean, it's, it's good. I mean, I, I, <laughs> good to hear when people have good experience See, here. I've got two years to decide. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, coming up fast. Um, okay, well, I think um, I've covered all the things I wanted to cover with you today. So it has been tons of fun chatting with you. Um, you know, I'm a big fan, and um, you're, you know, I consider you a friend too, and so this has been a real treat for me. So thanks for coming on. No, thank you. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, it's been nice to kind of talk and uh, be on the other side of things so yeah. I can. See, see what it's like, and uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity, so thank you. Absolutely.